As we move from ski season to spring, it's time to get those mountain bikes out. Most ski families use season passes to make skiing more affordable and fun. If your family mountain bikes, there's a new way to save on those adventures too. Make the most of spring and summer in the mountains with Lone Pass, the premier North American mountain biking pass. Lone Pass gives you over 60 days of access to some of the best mountain biking destinations across the country. Use discount code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's Lone Pass today at LonePass.com. That's L-O-A-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Lone Pass is available in two versions, for kids ages 6 to 11 and the adult pass for ages 12 and up. The pass combines access to the most premier resorts, gets you into bike parks, and connects you to shuttle companies to get you where you need to be. It's the one pass you need to bring the best cycling to your family. Remember, you'll get two days at each of the resorts, parks, or shuttles, making the investment one that will pay off big. Remember to use code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's loan pass today. Welcome to the Ski Mom Fun Podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Sarah. So today we're talking with Victoria Crawford, who uh, Sarah and I know from as a, a ski mom from our school, but she is also a Telluride local, and we're going to tap her insider's knowledge for planning the perfect Telluride trip and find out, of course, about her ski mom journey. So welcome, Victoria. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So do we want to just start with your your ski background, your ski your ski story, when you learned to ski, where, who taught you? Did you yeah, like it right sure. away? You know, funny. So this podcast has got me thinking about my, you know, skiing has been such a huge part of my life. Um, my father's Canadian and my mom and dad met in at Mount Snow. My mom was working in the ski shop. My dad was a ski instructor. I love a good ski love story. That's fantastic. So I, I, I didn't really ski at Mount Snow. I was too young. We moved to Montreal when I was two. And then... We skied at Owl's Head, um, which is in the Laurentians. We skied there. We used to go on weekends. My mom would take us. We rented like a room in like a barn and just, you know, she did whatever she could to get her her kids um, skiing when we lived in Montreal. Then we moved to to, uh, Middlebury when I was nine. So I really think of Middlebury as my home, um, home ski mountain. You know, it was such a great family mountain. You could just, my mom would, didn't even have to go. She would just send the kids up there with whoever was going and we'd ski all day. And, um, and then I, it was my, so my dad was, he was a big ski examiner in Canada. He worked for ski manufacturers. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but my dad, we always had skis because my dad worked for Kanizel, Koflak, Tyrolia. You know, we went to ski shows you know, skiing and ski racing was just part of, part of our life. Um, and then I actually decided to become a figure skater. So I didn't ski for a while. So then I didn't race until I was probably 12 at the Middlebury Snowball, but no one really taught me to ski. I just, we just skied. You know, I remember my parents tried to put me in lessons a few times at Alice Head and I would just cry and I was really shy. I just hated 
So my, I guess my, my dad or just my brother or whoever, I I just sort of taught myself. I raised in high school. I went to Middlebury High School for ninth and 10th grade and just raised high school. And then I raised at White Mountain School. It was very, very casual. Um, And then I went to CU for a year. I did race like on the C team and then eventually kind of made it to the B team. And then in like January term, I taught skiing at Powder Pandas in uh, Buttermilk. And uh, then I transferred to Middlebury. I ended up coaching all of my my years at in Middlebury College. And I loved it. I coached on the weekends and, you know, skied with my friends. And, and I, I um, was reading your background and you were a studio art major, which is pretty amazing. What media did you work in um, in, in college and, and now? Um, I was mostly a painting major. Um, I did get into sort of mixed media, which I felt like at the time was not, you know, not that popular in the 80s. Like it was like kind of a new media, Um, but oil painting um, and caustic, which is, you know, beeswax and oil paint mixed. How how did you get from Middlebury to Telluride? So um, I knew I wanted to live in a ski town just for like a year. Then I had some girlfriends from Middlebury who said, okay, we're moving to Telluride. You should come. We're moving in November. So I convinced another friend who was at the time a ski patrol at Sugarbush. And I said, you have to come with me. And so we we moved to Telluride in November, on November 1st, 1990. And at the time, nobody knew where Telluride was. You know, it was barely on the map. I remember my parents, even my dad, who was a big scare, was like, where are you going? Um, you know, 32 years later, it's changed a lot. But yeah, that's that's how I got here. And I came just to stay, you know, one winter. The plan was to go to um, get an MFA in art and I never left. Like Nicole and I haven't been there. We've been to a lot of places in Colorado, but never made it to Telluride. So can you just describe the town, the layout, like, I don't even know how the mountain is situated, you know, relative to the yeah. town. Yeah. So Telluride is an old mining town. And so when you, when you first drive in, you are sort of in awe. You, the San Juan mountains are a little bit younger. They're a little more dramatic, a little more like Europe. So you drive in, it's a box canyon. So you have mountains on all three sides. You drive into this, you know, cute little main street that just ends at, you know, it ends at a box canyon and it's just a beautiful, beautiful little town. So the ski area started on the front side here in town. So there's a couple lifts in town and then they added a gondola. There's a gondola that runs from town to the mountain village, which the mountain village is built really for the ski area. Um, And there's a lot of lodging up there and, you know, that's where the ski school is. So the gondola is free and it's really a transportation system. Um, So it runs like from 7 a.m. to midnight. So you can, people that work in town can get up there. People that are staying in the mountain village, you know, that's a freeway for them. You know, the gondola really connects the town to the mountain village, which is, you know, I don't know. The village has grown a lot and there's a lot of, a lot of great things going on up there, especially I think if you're visiting, I think a lot of people stay up there just because there's a lot of things for kids to do up there. The ski school is up there. You know, there are restaurants, ski shops, um, hotels. It's where, you know, the town is very small, so we don't have a lot of hotels 
in um, Telluride proper. If you were a family coming for the first time, would you recommend that that village for um, a home base? You know, would would that be where you would recommend that they stay as they're planning their their family ski trip? I think there's more options up there. You know, I wouldn't say that you have to stay up there because you can so easily get to the gondola. And, you know, if you are putting your kids in ski school, it's, um, it's easy to get up there, but there's probably more options up there. So what's the, the, the overall like vibe feeling there? Like, are we going to see people in fur coats and, you know, (laughs) dressed up or is everyone in like their hiking kind of ski gear? I would say Telluride's pretty casual. You know, one of the first things I ever noticed when I came here was, wow, everybody is a good skier. You know, people really came here to ski because it, it's a hard, it is a hard place to get to. As I said, we're far away from everything. You know, we're, we're six and a half hours, seven hour drive from Denver. You're not coming to Telluride unless you, you know, you're not passing through. It's not literally on the way anywhere. So I think you know, it is, you're not, you know, you're going to see people, very active people. You know, everyone says, oh, came for the winter, you know, stayed for the summer, that kind of thing. Tons of hiking, mountain biking. I don't know, just laid back, more like Patagonia, Steo, you know, Arteryx kind of mountain. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, we should have like a grid based off of their clothing brands. That's a good idea, Victoria. <laughs> like, is this a Steo mountain? Or is it more of a Bogner Mountain? Um, or is it more of a duct tape on your old um, CB jacket? I'm actually getting there. What's the closest airport? Like, where do people come in from? Um, mostly people fly into Montrose, which now they do have a lot of direct flights from, you know, Dallas, Phoenix, Chicago. You know, if you're coming from the East Coast, you'd probably go through Chicago into Telluride. Um, which has made a huge, huge difference. You know, it used to be taking three flights to get to Telluride from the East Coast. That's been a, a huge improvement. Um, I do have two questions. Do you need a car? Go ahead. Do you need a car in Telluride or is it a place where you wouldn't need a car once you arrive? I would say you do not need a car. No, you can definitely walk. And there is a um, a great bus system in town and then the gondola um, you can get up to the mountain village. And even from the mountain village, if you're staying in a condo sort of away from the core, they do have like a bus system or a ride system. I think you can just call and get a ride. What are some of the favorite places to go on mountains? Like what's iconically Telluride? Yeah. So um, chair nine was sort of like the locals area. Um, so you have to take you know, two lifts to get to sort of the top of the mountain to chair nine. And then when I first moved here, there's an area called Gold Hill, um, which you had to hike to, to ski. And since then, there's now been a a lift put in um, on Gold Hill, which is more just expert skiing. And then another little like Revelation Bowl, they've added, it's called Prospect. Um, And that is a great area for like intermediate skiers. And it's beautiful. There, are, There is some hike too over there as well. Chair 10 is sort of like a beginner area, but very long runs. I think it's like a mile long. Yeah, that's kind of, there's kind of three. There's the base area in the mountain village, which is chair four. And then you can go down to chair one, 10. That's sort of the beginner area. And then 
the five will take you over to prospect area, which I was saying has added a ton of um, intermediate trails, which we didn't really have before. We just didn't have a lot of, I think a lot of people didn't come here. My own mother included, she used to go to Snowmass with her friends and they would just say, because the terrain was, you know, so much more conducive to intermediate skiers and Telluride was always considered a hard mountain. But since all of this expansion, there's plenty of skiing for, for all levels now. And is there a favorite restaurant on the mountain or favorite place to like grab coffee or warm up? Yes. <laughs> there's Alpino Vino, which you can only get to from the top, very, very top of the mountain, the Gold Hill Lift. Um, it's kind of higher end, but it's kind of everyone's favorite place to go. It has amazing food. It's not inexpensive. Let's put it that way. Um, but it's sort of a treat. Yeah, I don't. Then, I'm already getting the um, sense that Telluride is not a budget trip. So, you know, we're just going to not worry about yeah, the. Um, I mean, it, and that's the other thing about Telluride. It's a, it's a really expensive place for food, you know, just for us to go to the grocery store. So the cost of the cost of living here is, is high. You know, every time I would go somewhere else, I'll be like, wow, don't let that scare you. There are other places on the mountain. Um, There's Garano, which is sort of a big family, you know, cafeteria style mid mountain that also has a place called the beach. There's like the saloon there where people in the, you know, in the spring like to hang out. They have tons of chairs outside and live music and things like that. So, and then at the bottom of the gondola, there's a locally run place called um, Oak. It's kind of a barbecue place. I would say that's more the locals place to go. Apreski, you know, margaritas and. It's, is it the mountain still okay. independent? Yes, it is, it is still um, independently owned. I, I, I don't know how they do it. You know, it's, it's so expensive to run a ski area. So I know we were, we were a little more part of Epic. Um, last year. And now I think it's really just seven days. So it's, um, I think it was, I think it's so epic. But so for families visiting, it sounds like it would make sense to do a multi-pass and just come in for how many days, however many days you can ski off of that, that multi-pass. Yeah. They do have um, like a five or 10 day pass you can buy, I think. And then I think if you do, you know, like most areas, if you book online ahead of time, you get a discount on tickets or or lessons or whatever. Here's what a ski mama needs. Help with the gear. Before I had kids, I found that just managing my own ski gear was a bit taxing. Add a kid or two and that relaxing ski holiday can quickly turn into a struggle fest. That's where ski butlers come in. They bring premium ski or snowboard gear to your condo or hotel and take the hassle out of the equation. We used ski butlers on our recent trip to Sun Valley, Idaho. The ski technician met us right at our ski locker room of our hotel and had our family outfitted in less than 30 minutes. We never had to leave the hotel. After the kids were finished, they dashed off to the hotel hot tub and it was a drama-free start to an awesome vacation. And the relationship doesn't stop with the first delivery. Once your gear is delivered, you'll have access to the ski butlers to make changes to your equipment based on your on-mountain needs. You can find ski butlers in more than 50 resorts in the U.S., Europe, and Canada. And they just added a new location at Mammoth, California. To get started, go to the ski butlers link in the show notes to set up your profile. It's an easy process to register your entire family for skis and snowboard gear. 
They even offer helmets and goggles. The ski butlers think that every ski mom deserves a hassle-free holiday. Let's take a quick break. Spring is here, and we know even after the snow melts, ski moms love to play outside. Skida, our favorite Vermont outdoor accessory brand, has you covered as the seasons change. This spring, Skida is celebrating its 16th birthday with fresh prints like the pastel, whimsical, and plein air collection. Our favorite pieces include the throwback headbands. This headband is made to keep hair and sweat off your face. The single-ply design gathers neatly in the back for maximum styling. Wear it scrunched or lay it flat. It's your perfect partner for any activity where you want a great pop of color and style with minimal fuss. For sunny days, we we adore the Skeeta brim hat. This five-panel camp hat is the perfect grab-and-go companion. Made in a lightweight, water-repellent material, this hat is ideal for hiking, camping, and the beach. Whether you are cheering the kids on at a lacrosse game, exploring with your girlfriends, or simply walking in the woods with your loyal pub, Skeeta accessories are there to make Ski Mom life more fun. Save 15% off your order with code SKIMOMS15 at checkout. And now back to our show. So tell us a little bit about your shop, Tweed Interiors, and how you um, kind of shifted from being on mountain to being, you know, opening a small business there. And, um, you know, walk us through what the, you know, the the shopping area is like. It sounds like it's not a lot of um, uh, franchises. It sounds like it's more boutique options. So after I had Parker, you know, I... I wasn't working. And then I think she was about two and a friend said to me, Oh, I'm working. I'm working with a designer. Um, you know, it would, she's looking for something. It would be a great job for you. So I, I tried it out and, you know, long story short, um, I ended up taking over the business (laughs) within like a year, the woman decided to leave town and, um, I just, sort of threw myself into it, not knowing that much about it, but um, that's where I felt like, you know, I finally could use my art, my art major. Um, And Telluride is sort of a unique place um, to do this because it is so small. You know, there were not a lot of designers at the time that I started my business, which I think was in, um, was about 16 years ago. so the the opportunity to work with just really high end clients right from the get go, you know, happened for us. And I, I do have a a business partner as well who's also a ski mom and hockey mom. Um. So yeah, I just um I don't know. I loved it from the very start, and you know everything at the time around here was sort of antlers and big furniture and dark. And, you know, we tried to really, I I feel like we were sort of the first people to sort of go away from that kind of design. And so, you know, at first people were like, really white and color? Are you sure? In the mountains and, you know, ended up, ended up working out. So, and then, you know, we had the, just the design business for a while. And then I think now we've had the store for about 11 years. I always wanted to have a store. So, um, opened a store, which, you know, has been great. We have mostly home, 
you know, things that we use in design, bedding, pillows, and then we have, we have art. So most of the art is local or, and then um, we've actually had Aviator Nation, which is the only clothing we've had, but we've had it for about eight years before it, it just. You were so waited. ahead, you were so ahead of that trend with the Aviator Nation. And I remember. I know, so now, I mean, it's- um, and you have a bit, so they have a very fun Instagram and Victoria's daughter, Parker, often models on the Instagram page, the, the new aviator nation. So I hope she works in trade. <laughs> yes, she, she does. She does for sure. I, I was looking on your website and it looks like such a beautiful store. Like, and I did, I, it did jump out at me, the aviator nation. Cause the, yeah, every kid is like, you know, that was on everyone's Christmas list and you are well ahead of your time on that because yeah, I was like, wait, it, how much are these sweatpants on your Christmas <laughs> list? <laughs> Why exactly? That's the other reason but we carry it so them. that we can buy it for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, wholesale, wholesale prices. Um, and then, so it was funny yesterday, you know, I was telling you we had a ton of powder and I skied with two other women who own businesses in town. And we were just talking about how most of the businesses in town are actually run by women <laughs> and women who ski. And um, one of my friends has a great um, women's clothing shops called Scarpe. You know, she has amazing brands. It started out as a, as a shoe store. She's been in business. Gosh, I don't even know, like maybe 28 years. Um, there's another great women's clothing store, two skirts. Um my other friend has a cashmere shop that, you know, she's, she's opened, you know, we have a local um, bookstore, a coffee shop. There's a lot of art galleries. Well, I yeah. love a good shop opportunity when I'm traveling. I really like to get, yeah. you know, I'd like to see the smaller boutique stores and again, discover brands that I might not otherwise have known. I'm not surprised um, the way you're describing Telluride that has attracted those businesses um, locally. And then I did want to follow up with um, your interiors business. So when somebody often buys a second home, it can be a little bit overwhelming to decorate it, especially if, if you've inherited old furniture. Because a lot of times when people buy ski condos, you get the furniture that the previous owner had. Walk us a little bit through like your services. Yeah, so we do get a lot of that where, you know, um, I think it's just easier to sell with the furniture. So that happens a lot. And then, you know, it, it, that is, it is hard to get rid of old furniture. That's one of the biggest things we deal with. People always want to sell it, but that doesn't really, it doesn't really work that, you know, so we end up just trying to find people who need furniture or, you know, a lot of the rental companies that are taking care of properties, they'll, they'll take furniture to people who need it. There's a Habitat for Humanity in Montrose. We get a lot of remodels for, you know, people will buy and then they want to rent their place. So we deal with a lot of um, furnishing places. So they're, they're nice enough and comfortable, but not, you know, not over the top. They're just going to get a lot of wear and tear. So people always want us to keep that in mind. And we do everything. We do full remodels. We do building from the ground up. Um, I'm picturing this habitat for humanity that's just like full of, you know, antlers, antler chandeliers, like a lot of bears, like wooden bears, like of different sizes. I'm just like, I haven't 
been there, but I can completely see it, you know, maybe yes, a lot of like yes, plaid, a lot maybe of big some, leather yeah, chairs, a whole yeah. row of those. Yeah. So I can imagine that, like you said, people think they can sell it, but they probably can't even give it away <laughs> when you're trying to up, update yeah, to that brighter, exactly. to that brighter, more colorful, yeah. like newer yeah. look. Yes. We see a lot of that in yeah. Vermont. <laughs> We were talking a little bit there about um, your community there and how do you balance, you know, owning a store, which has got to be open when, you know, the snow is good and when the visitors are there. So owning this business with also balancing your desire to go play in the snow. I definitely, you know, when I was first starting out, I I did have to give up my skiing. Um, I just became like a weekend skier, which was so different for me because I had always skied like every single day when I lived here. So that, that was hard. So, you know, as the years have gone on, you know, we do have someone who runs the store and that's sort of my new year's resolution this year is actually to try to ski more. You know, I can go out. I literally live about a hundred feet from the lift and, you know, I, there's no reason for me not to go out and get a few runs in, um, in the morning. And like I said, yes, how we've had all this snow the last couple of days, we even said yesterday to our employee, you don't have to come in till one o'clock, like go skiing. Like that is important. We don't get, you know, we don't get these huge powder days that often. So we, we just try to, we do try to make it a priority to go skiing. And are you mostly, are you somebody who you would mostly find like in the, um, in the trees or are you mostly somebody who likes to hike to fresh terrain? Do you skin up? Like what are, what's your favorite way to, to play in the snow? Um, you know, I love big open runs. <laughs> I like, um, I'm not, I'm trying to I'm sort of get into skinning. I've, I've almost got all the equipment here. I will, I will hike. Some of my girlfriends are like, Hey, we're going to get you to, to do the hike to stuff. Cause when I go up, I feel like I have so little time that I just want to get as many runs as I can. So that's my reasoning for not being a huge hiker. You know, we also have great Nordic skiing here which I, I love to do. I grew up Nordic skiing as well. And so that is also there's in town, which is even closer than the lift to my house. So um, they have great skate skiing right on the, the valley floor. We call it as you come in to tell your eyes, there's open space that's never been developed right in town all over, which is great. So that, that makes me um, think about like, are there other winter activities? Like, is there snow tubing or ice skating? snowshoeing yeah, um, i'm sure we don't have some, we don't have tubing i think but um we do have um an indoor ice rink we have an outdoor ice rink in town there's also an ice rink up in the mountain village right in the core um there's tons of nordic trails kind of you can drive to nordic trails you can go in town you can go in the village yeah there's also um there's great yoga studios just because I, I I go to yoga, so I go like three times a week. There's some some great you know yoga studios right in town. Okay, so one thing that's on Nicole and I's um, bucket list is, and I don't know if it, we can find it there, is ski joring. Oh my gosh! So I wanted to go last weekend. <laughs> we, we is it, do you have it race in Ridgeway, which is? Um, okay. In between Telluride and Montrose, where you fly in, that it's Ridgeway is a great, cute little town. It's beautiful. That's where Ralph Lauren has his ranch. Like, 
he owns all of this beautiful land. Um, so they had they do have it in Ridgeway, and I missed it last weekend. But they don't have it. It's not in Telluride, but they do stop the. I guess they have like a tour in Colorado, and it does stop in Ridgeway every year. And I guess it's supposed to be amazing. Now, to be clear, Sarah and I do not want to ski tour, but we want to see <laughs> ski touring. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Me too. Parker wants to do the ski touring. <laughs> yeah, that, great for teenagers for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, Nicole, speak for yourself. I don't think you can make that decision for me. I mean, I, I, mean, I didn't say that. I said it's on my bucket list. I will be there to film it for you, Sarah. That may be like the best use of a GoPro um, by an adult if if that actually happens. It would probably be a very short video. <laughs> and what does what does Apre look like for you there? Do you have a favorite place to go or do you go home and make something um at home or and have friends over? What's the scene? Yeah, I think um as I said, the place at the bottom of the gondola oak. Um it's a big um barbecue place, but that's definitely, you know, they have an outdoor area so in the spring when it's sunny everyone's sitting outside and I would say the margaritas are probably the favorite favorite there um and then yeah if I come home it's more like a cup of tea or glass of wine and some cheese and cheese and yeah watching ski racing with Parker or something like that and do you need reservations? You know, we were, I was just in um, Steamboat and it seemed like, you know, when you tried to walk in any place, they were completely booked. So they were saying, you know, we definitely are a reservation town. Is that what uh, Telluride is like? Um, we have become that way. It's been really hard to get used to that um, because we were never like that. But now, you know, even trying to go out with my girlfriends on a Thursday, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, everything is booked. So we're learning to try to plan ahead. So yes. Was there anything else you think we didn't cover? To know about Telluride? I think just, mm -hmm. it's just a great, I mean, it is a great place to ski and it's just absolutely beautiful here. So um, I don't think anyone would have a bad time if they came to Telluride. You know, it's, as I said, it can be a little bit harder to get here, but I think it's worth it. And once you get here, I think, you know, it's it's just an easy place. Main Street is small. Um, and you can just really walk around and figure out the town easily. I think that covers everything. Thank you so much for your your time. And I so want to get there. It just looks like such a great um like a great energy to the place. And I want to go shop and I wanna just, you know, spend spend some time there for sure. Thank you so much for listening to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Head to the SkiMomsFun.com website to check out our swag and find out more about our community. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ski Moms Fun. We'll be back next week with more interviews and insights. Thanks, Snow. No one works as hard as a ski mom. With Mother's Day right around the corner, we want to remind everyone to shop the Ski Moms gift guide for the best ideas. These are the gifts we want to give and get for Mother's Day. Prices range from under $10 for simple treats like notepads to big splurges like a new boot bag. Remember, the big day is Sunday, May 12th, so you want to shop now to make sure everything gets there in time for mom. 
visit the SchemomsFun.com gift guides page or click the link in show notes to see our picks for this year. Make it easy for your kids, partner, or spouse and just forward them the link. Or better yet, treat yourself to something from our expertly curated Ski Mom wish list. Remember, visit SchemomsFun.com and look for the gift guide page. Thank you.